Uh, welcome to the Awaken City Squadcast. Uh, I'm Sarah and I'm here today with Pastor Michael. Uh, we've been travelling through the Sexuality and the Gospel series and on Sunday it was uh, Marriage and Singleness as Spiritual Formation, uh, which was a really refreshing look at it. I think we are always being um, formed, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, I was thinking yesterday about a potter's wheel, if you put a piece of clay on it, if the wheel is spinning, something's going to be happening to that yeah, clay, but it's true. whether or not there's a potter intentionally forming it as to what comes out at the other end. And so I just really love that yes. whole picture. It's a great picture, yeah. 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 Yeah, so do you want to share anything? Are there any highlights from Sunday's message that... Um, yeah, I think it, it, for me as well, it has been really refreshing to just look at it from a different angle um, and then taking that into my own marriage. Yeah. Um, I feel like I myself have... Uh, I've relaxed a lot more around the expectations I've had for a, a good marriage and actually um, focus more on what does it look like for me to be getting um, my needs met in Jesus first so that I can serve my wife and just thinking of, of it that way um, and rather than how can she serve me, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so... I think it's been helpful for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we've had really good, honest conversations at home where it's like, oh man, I'm probably not serving my husband as well as I could be serving him. Like he lays it all out for our family, and it's like, okay, maybe I need to think about how I, right. <laughs> how can I love him better um, yeah. as part of my own formation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Right, so we've got a whole stack of questions this week, and I really love the nature of the questions that are coming out now. I feel like people are really asking per more personal questions. Yeah. I think people are really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really different. So if you have questions, um, do get in touch with us through social media or wherever you're watching the podcast. Um, it'd be really great to hear your questions and your stories too. We've had a few stories come in. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you want to talk to anyone, we can make that happen. Yeah. Um, so our first question today is, uh, is a loving relationship between two people less worthy to God than a loving marriage? Yeah, I, I mean, I, the, for me, I, that, I have a whole lot of questions yeah. <laughs> around um, what do we mean by a loving, are we talking about an erotic or non-erotic loving relationship mm. here? Um, I, I think that um, that friendship, genuine friendship, is of infinite value mm. to God, I think. Um, but if we're talking about a, an erotic relationship then my personal opinion uh, and I think a biblical opinion would be that the only container strong enough to hold that amount of power is a covenant yeah. marriage um, and so so whilst I think um, the I think scripture and God encourages us to have genuine deep loving relationships uh, with with lots of people yeah um, if we're talking about a, a sexual relationship, then I, th I think that marriage is the only container mm. safe enough for that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. I think there was something that came out on Sunday too, just the whole singleness thing. For me, just going, oh, actually, I wonder if as married people, we need to be looking to our single friends a little bit on how to do relationships better. Mm. So I think when you're single and you're needing to get intimacy from a group of people, you're going to invest in those relationships yeah. more. But when, as we're married, we've got that one spouse that's always at home that we can rely on yep. and go to and idolise, um, we, we might not do that friendship thing 
totally. So well. Yeah, I mean, the thing that, that I've been challenged with is, like I said a couple of weeks ago, like Ellie and I have a good marriage. Like, we don't have arguments or mm-hmm. time or, you know, anything like that. Um, but actually, um, that doesn't necessarily mean we have a Jesus-centered mm. marriage. Um, maybe we're just two compatible people. And there's lots of people, whether you're Christian or not, mm. where you could have a really nice compatible marriage. So I'm, I'm trying to veer away from defining um, it as, do I have a good marriage? Mm-hmm. The question is, do I have a Jesus-centered marriage? That's good. Um, because it, I can get to this point in my marriage where I don't need Jesus. Do you know mm. what I mean? For us to have a good marriage, I don't need Jesus, but do I want him? Yeah. Do I actually want him to be part of this yeah. marriage? Do I want him to be the center of my life? And, mm. um, and so that's something that's been challenging me as well. And I think it's so essential too, because I guess statistically, if you're married to someone, one of you eventually is going to be a widow or a widower. Totally. You totally need Jesus yeah. to be fulfilling that intimacy gap. Totally. And do we see that state of singleness as a gift? Because mm. it's the, you know, it's, it's Paul and, and Jesus saying, hey, look, being single is a gift. You know, he's not talking about the gift of singleness, but yeah. he's saying at every point that you find yourself in the state of being single, see that as a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. So the second question, um, I'm not a porn consumer, but sensuality is all around. I'm not sexually active, but sometimes I have sexual desires and masturbate. How can I honor God with my body that he created it, given all the stimulus around it? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, for me, one of the questions that I would be asking this person is how, how you're engaging in the act of masturbation without mm. thinking about someone, something, um, you know, and so is that, it may not be porn, but is there someone that you are dehumanizing to yep. meet your desires? Um, so the question for me is not what what is right or wrong here. Is, is the question is always for me, who, who am I becoming by? Mm. Um, by what I do and, and how I do it. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, uh, C.S. Lewis had some interesting stuff on, on masturbation, um, and so I'll read that out. Cool. So he says, for me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which, in lawful use, leads the individual out of himself to complete his own personality and that of another and turns it back. sends the man back into the prison of himself, there to keep a harem of imaginary brides. And this harem, once admitted, works against his ever getting out and really uniting with a real woman. For the harem is always accessible, always subservient, calls for no sacrifices or adjustments, and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions which no woman can rival. Among these shadowy brides, he is always adored, always the perfect lover. No demand is made on his unselfishness, no mortification ever imposed on his vanity. In the end, they become merely the medium through which he increasingly adores himself. After all, almost the main work of life is to come out of ourselves, out of the little dark prison we are all born in. Masturbation is to be avoided as all things are to be avoided which retard this process. The danger is that of coming to love the prison. Um, and he, he goes on to talk about the fact that um, that he 
the temptations. God never delivered him from the temptations, but mm-hmm. did, how, however, um, help him to overcome um, the need to fulfil those temptations. Um, and and he talks about God's grace at work in that, and how sometimes he fell into the act, and sometimes he fell into grace. Right. You know, and um, so I think the key thing to consider with this is um, is that this shouldn't be a shameful conversation. Mm. Um, this is a conversation that we need to be able to be open and honest. And I'm really proud that someone's written totally. in with this um, with this question. Um, but I would, for me, I would say this is such a great question to have in a squad. Yes. You know, hey, this is this is something that I'm sort of wrestling with at the moment. What do you guys think, or what do you girls think? I don't know if it's a male or female. Um, and and just talk about it, yep. um, and then encourage one another because, like, let's be honest. I, I, I guarantee, if you bring it up, everyone else in, in the squad's probably <laughs> going to go, "I oh, know exactly what you're talking about." Yep. You know, um, you're not alone. Yeah. This is not just a you thing. Uh, this is a human thing. Totally. Um, and but it's such a good conversation yeah. to have in a squad. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's have open and honest conversations in our squads. Yeah, yeah. Let's disarm the whole shame thing whole around shame. sexuality yeah. so we can have honest conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and let's be real, there is stimulus around everywhere now, you know. Yes. I think when we were teenagers, what we had access to is so different to what is, like, it is now on Netflix, probably the level of, oh, yeah. n- you know, nudity we saw yep. as teenagers. So it's so different. Yeah. All right, next question. What is your view on abstinence and physiological sexual urges? Um, are a person's unconscious sexual experiences during dreams a red flag of unnatural physical repression or a natural body outlet that we shouldn't be ashamed of? Yeah, that's a, another really good question. Um, again, I think if there's um, shame around it, then um, we know that shame doesn't come from God. Mm. So. Um, so I, I think again, this is a, probably a really good question to have in a squad, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, it, it is again, it's another hard one to without actually having a conversation um, yeah. with the person. I, I understand what they're saying is is this a? I think what they're asking is is when we have a dream, you know, sexual dreams. Is this our body telling us, hey, you're meant to be having sex and yeah. you're not, you're withholding it from me? Um, or is this our body um, releasing sexual tension right. uh, um, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a natural way? Yeah. Um, and to the answer to that question is I have no idea. No. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do know that it is, it is possible to live without sex. Does that mean that our bodies react in a certain way? Mm. I don't know. We'd have to talk to um, someone about that yeah <laughs> you know someone who actually understands um the human body in that way um but i, I think and i'm not sure how to google that safely to no. find an answer <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah so i, I don't have a good answer mm. for that for that particular question but bring it up at your squad i'm sure it'll bring up some good <laughs> some good conversation oh dear yeah. um and certainly i guess yeah shame again Let's just strip the shame off some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. All right, so uh, if a married couple can't have sex due to temporary or permanent health issues, is masturbation okay? Um, yeah, again, I've got a whole lot of questions. Um, we were chatting about this one earlier. You had some, I think you had a really good response, and 
I'll add on to it, eh? All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for me, what I've been thinking about, obviously, is that uh, we're designed for intimacy, not sex is not the primary goal. Um, and maybe as a couple, there might need to be some grieving that is done around the loss of being able to have sex, because mm. um, it may be due to, yeah, just one person's not able to, so there might be some grieving that you need to do. Um, but I think don't stop finding ways to be intimate, mm. um, whether that is emotionally or physically, um, there are ways still to be um, intimate. Um, and I guess it could be temporary, it could be after the birth of a baby, maybe you've got to be a bit creative, it could be a longer term permanent disability that happens. So, yeah. um, But intimacy is the goal always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess don't be hiding alone, masturbating alone, this needs to be, a, there needs to be intimacy together. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this is a really beautiful opportunity for spiritual formation mm. um, together. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, so start with a really honest conversation about it together mm. um, and then start to talk about what does it look like to lament together yes. about the loss, mm. you know, to, to sit with the grief of it and, and to, then to sit with God in, in that grief. Um, I, I genuinely believe that this is one of those um, one of those moments, these opportunities that we have. The potential is it could drive you apart. Mm. The potential is if you engage in spiritual formation with this, it will bring you closer than you have ever been. Yeah. And but you know, think about what are what are the spiritual practices that we need to engage with God in this as we journey this together. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it will bring you into a greater level of intimacy together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think potentially see a counselor, like if you need to, yeah. um, walk that journey with a professional. Yeah. Because there's no shame in that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if you want to marry someone, should you wait till you feel a spiritual and faithful bond with your partner before marriage? I mean, I think the short answer to that is, is yes. Um, marriage is a, a lifelong commitment, you know, um, as much as our world uh, seems to move, be moving away from that idea, uh, marriage is a, is a covenant. Um, so yeah you want to be able to say i'm i'm in this for mm. for life yeah. you know so so a faithful um commitment um i'm not 100 sure what they mean by a like spiritual um mm. commitment there um I, I think it's great that they're acknowledging that that it is a spiritual thing because it, it is it is spiritual yeah. um to to go into a marriage saying this is not just about you and me but this is about how we are going to be image bearers yeah. together and so I think that's a really important question mm. to be asking as well but I think um, take those questions and have an honest conversation mm. with each other mm. and say what do you think about these two things yeah you know and but I, th I think in short that should be we shouldn't be rushing into marriage don't look not like Ellie and I <laughs> yeah was that five months five months five yeah months. yeah Goodness. Uh, but then I guess on the, the other hand, have those conversations earlier rather than later. S certainly if you've got stuff like sex and stuff happening as well. Like oh, totally. Just, yeah, have yeah. those conversations early. Uh, all right. Uh, so if a spouse cheats, should they divorce or should the church come alongside them and help them restore their marriage? Yeah, I mean, this, that's a really um, complex question mm. because it's... It, there are so many different variants that come into, you know, into that. Um, you know, does, does do both parties want restoration? Mm. You know, um, 
and, and then there's a whole lot of other complexities that, that come into that. Um, so I, I, it's not, I don't feel like it's a question we can just say, oh, here's the answer. Yeah, here's your formula. Yeah, what, what I would say, if that is the case, um, you know, what, what um, and I think, you know, it really depends, do both parties want reconciliation? My personal experience is that um, when, when that's happened, um, we're a long way down the track of, um, of dysfunction in the marriage. Um, and so it's really hard to pull all of that back. And so I would be, um, you know, yeah. It, my personal experiences when, when that has ha- happened, um, there has been quite a significant disconnection from church community mm. well before that anyway. That's just been my experience. Um, and but it's not always the case so if there is a real is it, if there is really good genuine uh, connection in a, a church community um, then yes I think yeah that the church should um, work towards restoration uh, with, with that couple but both have to be open to it and both have to be involved in genuine community mm. within the church um, for that to happen you can't a family can't be a family all of a sudden if they yeah. haven't been a family before, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there has to be that, um, and that's the whole the whole beauty of church as family. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a very complex question. That I don't think there's a a right or wrong answer. answer yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, why do you think sexual relationships before marriage are more frowned upon than those after divorce? <laughs> I don't think they should be. <laughs> My honest opinion on this question is, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people before marriage are young and they probably have parents or, um, you know, uh, young adults, pastors or or someone that is sort of, um, you know, helping them to be accountable Mm. or, you know, speaking into their life. They've got mentors or something or, um, so they are a lot less independent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just, I don't, I don't know if I like the word frowned upon either, but, but that's probably the experience for sure. Um, but I think it actually has to do with stage of life more than anything else, mm. I, I think. And it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I think people that are adults, maybe they've been through a divorce and they're now um, you know, finding themselves single again, they probably have less of that kind of accountability. They've mm. lived quite independent. You know, they've probably got family, you know, yeah. their own kids. and um, So there's less of that... Um, a place for there shouldn't be but I feel like there often is less vulnerability and accountability Um, so again this is what we can learn from our single friends totally is how to do that so when we yeah if it is after divorce or after death of a spouse how do we navigate life and intimacy in a healthy way yeah I I think that's a really good conversation that um, that churches should be having Mm -hmm. yeah uh, so this week we had three questions come through in regards to LGBTQ. Um, so I'm just going to read all three questions and we'll let Michael speak to them. Uh, so with regards to your reference in the Squadcast this week, where you said you would say, nice to meet you, Steve, is it less loving to just say, nice to meet you? If we aren't afraid to offend during this series, then why are we afraid to speak truth and call the LGBTQ community by their biological pronouns? 
Um, is calling someone by a preferred pronoun actually saying that we agree with the devil's lie about someone's identity as true? Uh, and do we allow transformation, room for transformation if we keep calling someone by their preferred pronouns? Cool, yeah. So, um, so my initial response to those questions is, like, I want to ask this person a whole lot more questions. So, um, so if, if it is, we don't know who's asked, asked these questions, but if you are from our church community, I'd, I'd love to talk further with this. But um, my initial thought would be, um, I, I talked about in, in one of the, I think maybe the first week of the series, um, that, that we have like a permission and responsibility culture. So, so that means that we, uh, we give permission for everyone to own their own beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So what, whatever it is that they um, believe, and, it's, and around this one can be one where people have different mm -hmm. ideas and different beliefs. And last week I, I said, hey, I think everyone needs to have their own convictions on this. Yeah. Um, but what I would push back on saying, whatever your conviction is, take responsibility for that conviction. Um, and so, you know, Jesus in, in John 12, he, he says, hey, here, paraphrasing, but he basically says, here are my teachings. Mm -hmm. You can choose to obey them or not. I won't judge you. However, there will be a day when, when you will be judged yeah. by these words. So in, in other words, um, there, there, will, there will be a day where we'll all stand and give an account for, mm -hmm. not, I, I think, not so much for what we have believed, but how we have believed what we believe. Um, and so I think, so I'm approaching this uh, with a sense of, um, I, I, I want to engage and, um, and I'm not an expert. And I, I want to love and I want to lead people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. that, that is my primary concern. And so one day I'll, I'll stand there with, with <laughs> Jesus and, and I hope that when he said, hey, I look, uh, you know, man looks at the outward, yeah. but God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that means that one day we'll give an account for the motivations of our heart. I mean, you look at the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. where Jesus is totally going, you know, this is what you've, you know, mm -hmm. you've heard it said. Yeah. You know, this is what it says. Hey, let's get deeper and yeah. look at the motives of your heart. This, this is what really matters. Yeah. And so, so the question that I would... Um, want to ask this person is what is what is your motivations mm. what are your motivations for um, asking these questions um, and maybe you're someone who genuinely wants to engage mm. with the LGBT community genuinely wants to say look I, I, I want to love but I want to be a person who carries truth and grace together um, and I'm, I'm trying to figure this out mm. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. That's me too. Yeah. Um, and and so if, if that's you, I'd love to have more conversations so we can wrestle with it together. Because if you've got some insight that I don't have, Great. man, I, I want to learn. Yeah. Um, but if your motivation is, look, I'm not interested in engaging, I just have an opinion about what I yeah. think should be done. Um, I think we're missing, they're missing, it, missing it there. So for me, the question that I'm asking is... Um, is do do we want them just to know our, our stance this is what i think or do we want them to know hey i care yeah for me that's the first protocol um and um uh, so and so when we talk about motivations um 
they've used the phrase speak the truth mm. which you know it comes from a passage in the bible you know speak the truth in love um and so what what's our the question that i'm asking myself is what is my motivation for speaking truth um is my is my motivation actually connected more with a desire to control or is it connected to a desire to love right um because if it's connected to a desire to love love looks like something mm. so i can't say um, i'm speaking the truth in love but i'm just speaking yeah this love looks like something and we go to 1 corinthians 13 and we have right. this beautiful explanation of what love, love looks like love is an action so and it says speak the truth in love so we're talking about truth that is wrapped yes. in love so it's it's not speak the truth and love it's speak the truth in love so it, it's wrapped in love and so I, I think if we have to explain to someone that we are loving them um i love you but yeah <laughs> yeah or like love is felt yes that's right so if you have to say look i love you but i'm going to tell you the truth and they don't feel loved mm. with that then I, I think maybe we need to go back just stop for a moment and go back and and examine our own motivations and then go back to scripture and see hey am am i actually loving out of my own motives mm -hmm. and motivations or am i loving from the love that i've first re received from the father yeah. because that's how that's the biblical way of mm -hmm. loving that's the that's the jesus way of loving that we receive love from the father and now we give love away and so if i have to convince someone that i'm loving them then maybe we need to go back and and just revisit what what it means to actually receive that love so that so that the love i'm mm. giving is um is is received so um so when we so um so we're looking at these at these questions i mean that's so for me that's just i've just got a whole lot of questions i'd love to yeah. talk to this person about mm -hmm. um and 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 wrestle with a little bit more so feel free to um you know if you're listening and you mm -hmm. go oh well you know contact me i'll, I'll shout your coffee and we'll, we'll talk about it but i i'm not super interested if it's someone who's saying i have no interest yeah. in discipling or loving anyone from the lgbt yeah. community i've just got an opinion and i think you're wrong michael I'm quite happy to be wrong. I'm not an expert. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. how, how do we love and disciple people well. Um, yeah, so that would be sort of my, my overarching thing. So uh, and I want to pick up specifically on the question around um, if, we're using transform, uh, if we're using pronouns, does that leave room for transformation? Um, my opinion on, on that is, um, man, God is so much bigger <laughs> than than me using a, a pronoun or yeah. not yeah. Um, that I think um, I, I don't believe that that um, that the words I use um, have that amount of influence right. over someone's life um, clearly this person has made some significant choices around their identity yeah. well before they met me That's right. um, and um, and so I would also say this, and I covered this last week as well, is, is this is really complex. Mm. So again, you can't just go, well, here's, here's, the, here's the rule. That's right. um, and so I, if you've met one transgender person, you have met one transgender person. 
so what that is what what I'm what I mean by that is you have to hear someone's story yeah. to know what it, how to truly um, to uh, to be able to carry that truth that's wrapped in love for a person you have to be able to hear their story um, so that you know how to love them yeah because love is an action that's right. you know and so um, and then you, I think once you've done that you've opened an environment where mm. now you can um, now you can speak that truth but please yeah. please please um, please ask just settle yourself before God and say God search my heart yeah what, what are what are my motivations here and, and if I if I have no interest in engaging with people from the LGBT community why do I have this opinion mm. and what's this opinion telling me about my motivations rather than yours yeah and so just let, let God search you it hearts as as I've been doing man I've been wrestling with this I'm not just going well here's my opinion I'm I genuinely want to know how best to love people disciple them and lead them to Jesus great awesome all right so if you've got any questions this week you can send them through find us on social media um, otherwise we'll catch you next week see you later